saints, let us go into prayer as we prepare for the sermon. Gracious God, we thank you for this time of worship. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of you in our lives. Holy Spirit, we pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes so that we can clearly see you, that you would open our hearts so that we can receive you, and open our ears so that we can hear you. We thank you and we honor you for this beautiful time today. And it's in your name that we pray. And all your people said, amen and amen. Praise God, saints. If you're joining at home and you have your bulletin with you, let's look at the outline together if it's helpful for you. Look, what's the title of today's message? The title of the message is part two, the finale. Where in the world was Thomas? So the last time that I preached, we left off with what some of you called a cliffhanger. That's right, a cliffhanger. Some of you absolutely did not like that cliffhanger. That would be my husband, number one. Terrence didn't like the cliffhanger. Some of you were fine with the cliffhanger, and some of you absolutely loved the cliffhanger. Well, we're here today to finish off where I left off in that sermon. And we're going to be talking about the disciple Thomas. If you remember back, it was eight days after Easter, and the disciples were all afraid, and they were hiding in the upper room. They were all there, with the exception of Judas, because he had committed suicide, and doubting Thomas. Thomas was nowhere to be seen. We learned a few things about Thomas that day. He was a man of four sentences. That's right, say it with me, four sentences. We learned that Thomas spoke four different times in the Bible. Let's take a moment to look at these. The first time that he spoke, we find in John chapter 11, verse 16. Let's read this together. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. The second line that Thomas said is found in the book of John, verse 14, Chapter 14, excuse me, verse 5. Let's read this one together. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? The third sentence came in the book of John, chapter 20, verse 25. Let's read this again together. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. So what is that fourth sentence? Before we go to that fourth sentence, I know I'm making us wait again. I want to make sure we're all clear about what we know about Thomas. So Thomas was a man of four sentences. Say it with me again, four sentences. The second thing that we know about Thomas, Thomas was afraid. Thomas was so afraid that he, in fact, was not with the rest of the disciples. What else do we know about Thomas? The third thing we know about Thomas is that Thomas had to make the decision to show up. He could not stay in a place of fear and isolation. He had to get back in the game. So now that we are all caught up, we are going to focus for a minute on fear. We're going to talk just for a little while about what it means to be afraid. How many of you can say with me 
that during this coronavirus, you have experienced some fear. How many of you can say that it seems like the whole wide world is afraid? How many of you can confess with me today that if it's not you that's afraid or the world that's afraid, it's somebody in your inner circle that's really afraid? How many of us are afraid to leave our homes? How many of us are afraid to go to work? How many of us are afraid to let our kids go back to school? How many of us are afraid of just being around people who have a little cough? I must confess, saints, whenever I get a little tickle in my throat, I'm like trying to hold it down because I don't want to cough and somebody, God forbid, think I have the coronavirus. How many of us are afraid of being around sick people or even people who just look sick right now? We are like Thomas. We are afraid. But what does fear mean? What does being afraid honestly mean, saints? Fear is actually a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Over the years, saints, we have been taught that our natural emotion of fear is something to suppress, to avoid, and to not deal with. Remember when I talked about fight or flight? Those were the, the options. Or freeze? But I want to tell you, saints, fear is a natural emotion. Say natural emotion. Natural emotion. And it's a part of us. God gave us fear. And if we remember back in Genesis, when we were created, God looked at us and said, we are good. So what is fear really? I've been reading a book called The Language of Emotions by Carla McLaren. And fear is defined as the emotion that helps us to get focused. Fear helps us to hone our senses. It alerts our survival skills, saints. Think about it. We've all experienced fear in some form in our lives. Fear is that emotion that pops up when something is happening that we need to pay attention to. Our problem, saints, is that we've gotten fear mixed up with worry, anxiety, trepidation, terror, and panic. And we need to clear things up. Fear is a nat natural emotion that is there to help us. Think about it for those of us that drive. Have you ever been driving and you know you are about to encounter an accident and your natural instincts turn over on you and you just maneuver through that traffic and you avoid an accident? You are experiencing fear, but your fear was used in a healthy manner to help you to get really focused and to maneuver to avoid that car accident. Think about that time you might have been in your kitchen cooking. Maybe you were frying some chicken. I don't know. You were frying some chicken, and you noticed a grease fire. You didn't just stand there panicking, oh, what am I going to do, and let the whole house burn down. Your fear, your instincts kicked in. You grabbed some flour, and you threw it on top of that fire, and all was calmed down. You went into action, saints. Fear is there to let us know when we are in danger, that we need to make some decisions, that we need to move quickly, swiftly, and wisely. Say wisely. Wisely. You know, fear tells us that there is something very important 
that we need to pay attention to. Tell your neighbor, pay attention. Pay attention. So why am I talking about fear? Well, I'm talking about fear because it is time for us to begin to prepare to go back outside. Yes, that's right. We can't stay shut in forever. The shut-in will soon be over, and it's time for us to begin to prepare to re-engage with the world. I mean, we've all enjoyed staying at home and enjoying the services online, but I cannot wait to come back to church. And I know some of you are with me. But I know some of us are scared. I'm still a little scared if I admit it. It's scary because we don't have a vaccine. We don't have medications. People are still getting sick and people are still dying. So all of us are probably thinking, why would we want to go back outside? Saints, none of us want to risk lives. We don't want anyone to die. We don't want anyone to get sick. But here's our reality. We can't stay home forever. As much as I enjoy laying in my bed and watching the service online, we cannot stay home forever. We have got to begin to acknowledge that we are afraid. But what is that fear teaching us to do? We've got to think about the actions that we're going to start taking to overcome that fear. Yes, saints, we want to be safe. Say safe. We want to be wise. Say wise. We want to be effective. You know, the Bible has a lot of examples of people who are afraid. In our scripture today, we have Moses. He was in Midian when God called him to go back to Egypt to lead the Israelites out of, out of Egypt. Moses was afraid. Remember, and I'm paraphrasing, he was like, um, can you ask somebody else? Can you choose somebody else to go? What would have happened if Moses had have stayed in Midian and never returned to Egypt? Do we remember the story from our scripture reading about the ten spies? Moses sent the ten spies to search out the promised land for the Israelites. Their job was to go and look and see what the promised land was like. They looked into the promised land and they saw that the land was filled with milk and honey. But they went back home and they told the people, we can't go over there. They're giants over there. They're going to get us. They're going to beat us up. They're going to defeat us. And because of their fear, saints, they ended up stuck in the desert for 40 years. Do you want to be stuck in the desert? I know I don't want to be stuck in the desert. They did not come out of that desert until a whole generation of people had died. Died. Why did this happen? Because they didn't trust God to help them overcome their fear. The giants became so big that they didn't trust God to be bigger. We serve a bigger God, saints. 
Think even back to the story of Jonah. Remember, Jonah was in Tarshish, and God told him to go to Nineveh. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. He was afraid, and he did everything to avoid going to Nineveh. And because he didn't make the best choices, he ended up in the belly of a well. Saints, tell your neighbor, it's time to figure out our fears. Say it again. It is time to figure out our fears. We are afraid. That's the number one thing that we can say. Admit that we have some fears. We are afraid. Just say that again. I'm afraid. It's okay to be afraid. We don't have to put each other down. We don't have to beat each other up. All of us have experienced fear in our lives. We can admit that. We can own it, that we are afraid. But when we are afraid, we have to ask ourselves the next question. What are we afraid of? Here's the big one, saints. We are afraid of dying. That's real. The reason the whole world is shut down right now is because we are afraid of dying. We are afraid of getting deathly ill. We are afraid of being on our deathbed. We are even afraid of causing someone else to get sick and dying. The world doesn't understand about death. Well, we as Christians understand about death. So what is our fear telling us to do? What action should we take? What can we do? Well, saints, we're going to be safe. Tell your neighbor again, be safe. We're going to make some wise decisions. Tell your neighbor to be wise. And we're going to have to begin to prepare to come back together. That's right. You're going to have to be around people again. You know, our committee is meeting here at the church this week. Well, we'll be on Zoom. But we're coming together to begin to put a plan together to be safe. But you know something about plans? As best as we plan, as best as we try to think about things, no plan is 100%. We, as humans, are not invincible. Tell your neighbor, we're not invincible. Staying in our homes may keep us from dying for a while but it's also going to keep us from living. God didn't intend us to stop living. This is where we finally get back to Thomas. Think about it. Just take a moment to think. Nothing in the gospel message is safe. The disciples were afraid. They were hiding in the upper room. They were afraid for their lives, and they should have been because they could have been killed for this new belief system that they were having. Thomas was so afraid that he didn't even stay in the upper room. He went somewhere else. The gospel message requires us to consider that we might die for Jesus. You know, friends, I didn't like this, but during this time of shut-in, I have been reading more and more of the Bible. Now, I like reading the Bible. What I didn't like 
is that over and over again, it has become painfully clear. I mean, just look for yourselves. It has been so clear that Christianity involves life and death situations. Every single time, Christianity involves life and death situations. This is the first time when we who live in America and the comfort of America, we have been challenged to live out the gospel. This is the first time we cannot be comfortable. This is the first time that we will honestly put ourselves in some danger and take some risk. And I know you are thinking, Pastor Kelly, but we can be safe if we stay at home. We can continue to watch online. We can continue to just do what we've been doing. But my answer to you is, what if Moses had stayed at home in Midian? What about those 12 spies that were sent out to see the promised land? Because they didn't have faith, they ended up staying in the desert for 40 years, and a whole generation of people had to die. What if Jonah didn't go to Nineveh? A whole city would have been lost. What if those disciples had stayed in that upper room? My friends, life as a Christian isn't safe. It is dangerous. But see, we face those dangers with a Savior who loves us, who provides us for us and already has a plan for our lives. You see, when Thomas came back out of isolation, he encountered a Savior that showed him that there is victory over death. Say victory. There is victory over death. He said the best and last sentence. Let's read this together in John 20, verse 28. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Saints, we read this verse all the time, but I don't think we get the depth of it that this is the very first time and the only time in the scripture that Jesus is referred to as God. Thomas had indisputable proof. You could not doubt anymore. He had proof that when we die, there is something after. Death is not the end. Jesus has the victory. So there in that upper room, they got their plan together. And then what did the, the disciples do? They came out on Pentecost Sunday ready and they changed the world. Changed the entire world. So saints, we are now getting our plan together. We are planning to come back together again as a church. We are going to be coming back into the world again so that we can be ready. But what does that mean for you? I don't want you to go running out right now today and try to be amongst everybody. We got to be careful just like the disciples were careful. They got their plan together. They stayed close to Jesus trusting that he had a plan and a promise for their lives. Remember that scripture? I think it's from Isaiah chapter 41. It says, fear not, for I am what? I am with you. We do not go out 
without Jesus Christ. So we're going to take these next few weeks. We're going to get prepared. We're going to get ourselves ready because we're coming back together again. Just like Jesus is coming back for all of us, we too will come back together again. Saints, I cannot wait to see you. Let's take the time to get our hearts and our minds ready. I love you. Let's pray. Gracious God, you are so awesome and amazing. And we thank you that because of you, we do not have to sit in fear. Because of you, we do not have to sit in doubt. You have victory over death. Help us, Lord, as we plan to come back into the world again. Help us to plan. Help us to be ready. Help us to make the changes that we need to change so that we can continue to be the church that you have called us to be. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all your people said, amen.